Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi. And alongside me, as always, is Paul Gillieri. Paul, here we are again. We've got another jam-packed show for you. Right off the bat, uh, we'll get into the new Stone Gossard side project band Painted Shields single called Dead Man's Dream. They have a new album coming out, and it's they must have been stewing for a long time on the title of the new album, Painted Shield 2. It's a tough one. <laughs> and then we will get into uh, another part, second part of, it was part of a mailbag, Paul, where we uh, we did a few weeks back, we did a, an episode. Michael Boroff uh, suggested that we talk about songs that are rarely played, but we think should be played a lot more. Yes. And we said, well, that that's Paul. That there's, there's a lot of those songs. So let's break it into eras, right? And we did... No code through Riot Act, the first go round. Today, I don't know if this is going to be easier or harder, depending on how you guys feel about this. But we're doing ten through Vitalogy today, so that'll be the next the next segment, and then we'll get into our lyric and live cut of the week. Any um, anything that's stewing on your mind right now before we oh, get into things? Gosh, <laughs> anything that's weighing on your mind? So, for those listening who live stateside or are fans of the National Football League, Paul's San Francisco 49ers fought valiantly, and uh, I would say that they uh, performed far above initial expectations, making it all the way to the NFC Championship game, but alas, fell just short of advancing to the Super Bowl, to, uh, to our, our rival LA Rams team. So this is actually the second uh, sports franchise that I, that I root for that has seen its season end at the hands of, uh, of an LA rival. So I'm, that that part I'm not happy about. But In the last I, what six months, five, yeah, five four it's, months. It's like, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, the irony though is that the the LA teams that have beaten us have have lost subsequently thereafter. So I, we'll see if if the, I, so I guess I, I'm rooting is, for the Bengals. I was just gonna say, <laughs> Joe Burrow mm-hmm. and company are gonna hoist the Lombardi Trophy for the first time ever. I hope so. I, it, they're an easy team to root for, man. You know, um, so we'll see. Uh, all, all I can say in summation, because I, I don't want to take up uh, our, our dear listeners' time with, with this any more than we probably already have <laughs> in the last month, but uh, it was a great season. We advanced a heck of a lot further than I actually thought we even could at the beginning of the year. So uh, for me, I kind of felt like we were playing with house money for a while here. So I, I had a lot of what exciting a good attitude. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had a lot of great football to see and a lot of exciting finishes that, that just gave me heart palpitations. Uh, and I didn't think I was even going to have that the luxury of, of those types of experiences earlier in the year when we started like three and five. And, and even before the year started, I, I wasn't overly optimistic about what, what our chances look like to even make playoffs, let alone make it to the conference playoffs. championship. Yeah, exactly. So all things considered, the, the future remains bright and uh, I, I'm excited about what uh, what next year will bring. And I have to say, you know, total sidebar, but man, does my productivity and efficiency go way up 
when football and baseball are not in season. So. Oh man, I look forward to all kinds of ideas for the pod now. Yeah, exactly. I, right. I, I am freely at your disposal for the most part when when not occupied. Watch with, uh, what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, so I'm drinking a nice scotch in honor of uh, a great uh, football season and the continuation of this wonderful pod. And I'd like to dedicate this pod to our friends at Black Circle. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, this amazing Brazilian uh, cover band, actually, they're, just, they're, they're, they're a band. They're not a cover band. They just happen to cover Pearl Jam songs when not making their own stupendous music. Speaking of that music, I got a little treat in the mail. Did you now? I did. And, I, and it felt like a 45. And I'm opening this thing up and I'm thinking, oh, is this like a, a, a single or something? It's not. It was this amazing, beautiful packaging for their upcoming album. And uh, I, I, we should plug that right now. And it's it, what a wonderful consolation prize for me, huh? I, I am uh, very, very grateful for that. Gentlemen, you can purchase if, if, if you're listening. Yeah, right right now. please purchase Pandora right now. BlackCircleBC.com. Get your copy today. By the way, I still have three copies to give away. Oh boy! So maybe if you send us an interesting review or uh, an interesting comment, I might be inclined to send it to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, second year in a row. I mentioned last week, second year in a row that a team uh, is playing in its own stadium in the Super Bowl. We went 54 years without that happening. Now it's happened twice in a row. Although I was hoping kind of for your Niners to win because how many fun hype videos? 1988. Yeah. Exactly. 89. Uh, me too. 89. Me, me too. Thank you. No, it's, it's 89 was. Uh, January 89. Oh, fair enough. I bet the 88 season. 88 season. Right, go ahead. Yeah. yeah so uh, live from Miami, Boomer versus Joe. Mm-hmm. Niners won. I was hoping for a rematch of that. Some fun hype videos of, uh, of all Although that. I will say, if we had if we had advanced and lost in that one the way we did in 2019, I don't know if my heart could have taken two Super Bowl losses in the span of like yeah. Or, or that, would been, that would have been rough. Well, now that we've burned four minutes talking about football <laughs> and uh, – those of you outside of the States are like, oh my Jesus, no one cares. Sorry. But now we're done. And now we're going to talk about, like I said before, this new song. This new song. We talked about Brother of the Cloud last week. Ed's solo album. His new solo album coming out in a couple of weeks. By the way, sidebar again. For those of you listening in the future, where it's like, you know, the end of 22 or some other year, uh, you know, 23, 24. And you're like, Wow. They talked a lot about topical stuff at the time that has no relevance to now. I'm sorry. You can just skip ahead to the actual meat of the conversation. Anyways, let's talk about the the new song from Stone's other band, Painted Shield. Yeah. They had their first album come out last year. I don't remember when it actually came out, but it feels like it was in the, within the last calendar year, no? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, bang, they're right back at it. New album comes out. April 22nd, Painted Shield 2, as I mentioned, but we got a first single. It's called Dead Man's Dream. Do you have any opening thoughts? You know, it, it's it's got a cool 70s kind of rock vibe to it, which I was digging. Uh, there's some, some fuzzy guitar effects on there, which I, I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, I think that the verse is strong. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's got a cool kind of like a groovy. Yes. It just, it just rolls, you know, 
wasn't a huge fan of the chorus. I felt like the chorus just didn't didn't have a lot of bite to it. Dead man's dream. No. Yeah, I don't know. I, just, I didn't get a hook for it. It, it was kind of like uh, Evacuation. You know, another oh, no. song that just doesn't have a hook for me. So. How dare, uh, is that a Stone song, Evacuation? Oh, gosh. No, I want to say it's a Matt song, but I'd have to go back and check. I think you're right. I think it's a Matt song. I'm checking. I'm checking. I'm checking. It is a Matt song. You're right. Yeah. Um, so all, all in all, I thought it was a, a, a promising take that we're going to get some some really, really solid, just, you know, great rock grooves, you know, some really cool riffs. But uh, nothing about it really stood out to me. Um about this particular song, but that, it wasn't a, you know, it didn't alienate me or anything like that. So, I mean, <laughs> well, the first album was, was definitely a unique take from what we've heard from stone. Right. And, and as we said at the yeah. time, we like it when these guys feel inclined to get a little weird, to get a yeah. little non Pearl jammy on mm-hmm. their side stuff. So that when they have a riff or they have an idea that definitely fits the Pearl jam mold, they can throw it at that. They feel inclined to do so. Uh, I think the opening guitar riff is fantastic. I really like it. You mentioned the groove in the, yep. in the, um, in the verse there. I love that groove. I actually did like the fuzzy synthy compressed bass thing. I thought it was cool. It was a very funky, almost like, um, like the gap band kind of feel. I like that. I think the guitars compared to the first album are more raw and they're bigger. They are bigger. You know, which, you know, from our from our space and especially me, I, I, I love that. I love big guitars. I think the vocal layering was very cool, especially in the Yeah, court. a lot of harmony, a lot of vocal harmonization. Yeah, and there was an addition. There's, an, there's a new member to the band, I believe, Brittany Davis. She's on keys and vocals, and that was a welcome addition for me. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a concise classic rock song with a lot of blues, soul, and funk overtones. It's just, it's just nice stuff. It's not, you know, crazy amazing. I think for me, mostly because um, Mason Jennings as a singer for me, it's kind of hit and miss. Sometimes yeah. I really like him. Sometimes I'm, I'm like, mm. uh, the, the falsetto wasn't working for me as well here. Yeah. I mean, the delivery, his delivery is very unique. And yeah. there are times that it's almost atonal to me mm-hmm. i think it's just kind of his his thing and there's certain bands and certain genres that that's kind of part of the what you what you pay for kind of thing um but at the end of the day i think he finds himself enveloped in the music enough as an equal party that it works for this band i think if he was more out in front kind of how ed is it maybe wouldn't work as much uh so on this particular track i did um overall i think i thought it was quite good i think i liked it more than most of the songs on the first record so mm-hmm. i'm inclined to be optimistic about the record i will say though they released um fourth of july or july 4th however it's titled back in this past july and i wasn't a real big fan of that one and that's on this record too so kind of 50 50 right now for me okay that's fair yeah, yeah. so april 22nd for that album uh, maybe we'll see another single before then. What do you guys think of that, that mainstream song? Do you guys like it? I think it was actually the song that they put out on their Instagram as a video where the, where the whoever's filming is kind of walking into the rehearsal space. Yeah. And um, I really enjoyed it. Like, I don't remember off the top of my head if it was the same song. It probably was. You know, you, it sounds like the type of track that everybody involved really enjoys playing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just kind of, sometimes you hear songs that it, it doesn't feel like a labor. It just it, it kind of has that that feel to it where everybody's just like, man, this is that I, I like playing that song. That one's fun. So yeah. I agree. I agree. So uh, there you go. Again, 
What do you guys think of the man's dream? Do you like it? Is it uh, no? Is it okay? Let's get to the next section here. The next section here, like I said before, top five songs rarely played, but we think they shouldn't be so rarely played. They used to play them a lot more. This is the era of 10 to Vitalogy. Could be a little tricky because they play a lot of this stuff, but maybe there's some gems in there that you haven't heard too much. Uh, I had a short list of about maybe 10 songs that uh, I think all but three were played under a hundred times. Mm, okay. Uh, I could probably add one or two more to that list actually. Now that I think about it, um, would you like to go first with your number five? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll be honest. I, no particular order here for me. I, okay. I, I would, I would like to hear these songs pretty much equally across the board played more frequently. Copy that. Okay. Number five for you. What do you got? I'm going to go hard to imagine. I oh, feel good. like yeah. hard to imagine was kind of a staple in the early playlists. Uh, it, you know, it only played 41 times, but if you go back to when it was played, especially in 92, it, it made quite a number uh, a, a decent amount of appearances in 92. And we heard it a bit in 93 and a little bit in 94. And then it went on a four year hiatus to 98 and then it kind of disappeared up until 05 and it's just kind of been sporadically sprinkled since then uh this is a song that and you talked about this at length when when you discussed uh what was it uh not underrated oh, man when was i talking about this song recently yeah we just had something here where you picked this one um i forget what it was oh it might have been um stone songs Best that's stone what songs. it was yeah yeah and uh, and I felt like this was a great example of a song that uh, it, it just it has this wonderful inviting lick at the very beginning, and I, I like the kind of descending cadence to the chorus. It's just a solid rock track. It really is. It, and it's not going to get everybody on their feet jumping around, which is fine. But I think as an encore, it would fit in really well. Uh, for, for on any tour, quite frankly, but especially this upcoming one. So I, I'm a big fan of Hard to Imagine. I'd like to see that one played again sometime soon. Um, really, really like the, the, these these lyrics too. They, they, there's a lot of imagery, a lot a lot of just kind of painting of a, a painting of a scene in some of the songs that I'm going to name in this episode. And this is one of them. Paint a picture, visions only gray, light your pillow, lay back, watch the flames. I'll tell you a story, but no one would listen that long. So what a great opening to a song. So <laughs> we go hard to imagine first. How about you? I, I mean, I love that song. Uh, I, I, I met as part of my top five stone songs, if I, if I remember correctly. And it's, it's a tale of two halves, right? It's it kind of split up between the main portion and the outro. And that outro always gets me, man. That, that's a, that's a sing along yeah. from where I'm from. Where I'm sitting. Um, great choice, great choice. I uh, it may surprise you to to learn. Uh, I'm gonna go number five with Satan's Bed. Oh, nice. Yeah, I I've always had a soft spot in my heart for this song. It's it's almost never played. It's, it's played been played 38 times. I love the double false start from Jeff Space. I think that beat is very Dave and not Dave all at the same time, which is very cool. And it, it kind of gives my brain this fun dissonance where it's like, uh, does not compute. 
th this song is almost a drone in how repetitive it is, but I, I love the riff. It's very hooky, and and then there's that bluesy mic lead and, and the bridge. Very cool musically, even if it's as simple as it is. But here's the rub, and, and I, I love the message of this song. It's so direct with some really fun metaphors along the way. Probably some of the more fun lyrical writing from Ed at a time when he was generally pretty melancholy and dramatic. Mm -hmm. He's still pretty down here uh, on the idea that there are always temptations that, you know, there's very strong, they're very strong when you found some success as they had at this point, but he's already in love with being down to earth and normal. This song is pretty unique in the catalog from my perspective, but I think that it has a message and a groove that's kind of by itself. And it's not in one of those kind of fillery kind of ways, like a Sweet Lou might be, or like a Hitchhiker might be, which they never play really. So for me, I think Satan's Bed is, is underrated in that sense. I'd love to hear it played more often. Yeah, completely on board with that one, man. Where are you going to go next? I'm going with Alone. Ooh. Yeah, Alone is one of those songs that when I first heard it on the Go single, I thought, how is this not on an album? I mean, that song mm -hmm. crushes. It's just the opening to dun, dun, dun. I mean, it's just, uh, just it's, what a phenomenal example of just great early 90s rock. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and again, you know, uh, similar to a song like... Um, uh, Gosh, what did I just name? Uh, hard to imagine. It, it tells a story at the very, very beginning. So this this is just one of my favorite versus era songs. I want to say it was recorded in the 10 era. Actually. I think you're right, man. Yeah. yeah, I think the initial recordings, they dabbled with this during the 10 sessions, but it, they decided to, to kind of finally release it as a B-side for, for versus. How this song did not make it onto exactly. either one of those albums, mm -hmm. I'll never really understand. I, I just think it's one of the stronger outputs that they've had. To be quite honest with you, it's arguably, I'm not saying it is, but I, there's a compelling argument that it's the best B-side they've ever had. Uh, so uh, it, I believe we may have had an episode. I think we may have both said that. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a really, really good song. Um, just cannot imagine this conversation without mentioning that one. So uh, I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned it. It's a, it's a fantastic song. You're right. Uh, I'm going to go with a song which uh, I have to imagine is on your list as well but i'm gonna say it now and that's nothing man a uh, hundred and thirty five times uh two songs now from vitalogy for me you can see where i'm going here um <laughs> 135 is not enough for me and i i will say it's the song with the most plays on my list but you know it deserves to be here simple yet one of the most effective songs in the catalog. We've talked about the opening lines before. They are brilliant. This song is, is something that everyone can relate to. If you have something great, you can't fuck it up. The regret one would feel of ruining a special relationship is nearly tantamount to death. Being a little hyperbolic there, but that's kind of what this song conveys. This is how powerful the right person can be. Once you've had that kind of love, you don't go back. Do not be arrogant or take that person for granted. And one of the most underrated tracks in the catalog, and definitely not played enough, one of the few songs I don't mind the crowd taking over for Ed either, because it gets real powerful towards that last chorus and just gets massive, and I love it when, they, when, he, when he changes to the higher octave. Fantastic. So yep. easy for me to say nothing, man. 
Um, some of you might be saying, you know, 135 times, it's played enough. Not enough. Even Flo's been played 100 and, or 800 and something times. This song, not even a, thir- uh, a quarter of that. Come on, let's go. Solid choice, man. Is that your Solid next song? <laughs> no, Brother is my next song. Ooh, nice. Yeah, th- this is a song, again, much like with Alone, when I first heard it in my head, I was thinking, <laughs> where has this been all my life? You know what <laughs> I mean, <laughs> love at first sight. Uh, listen, I should say, love at first listen. So th- this is a song that I-, I think it was Stone that just literally decided, kind of like with No Way, no, nah, I don't want to play this one anymore. And, and I want to say it was either Mike or Jeff, and this is in Lost Dogs uh, liner notes. Uh, one of them said, uh, I almost quit the band over this. I was like, that's how much I like playing this song. Mm. With that, with Stone thinking, not wanting to do this this number anymore. It's a solid song. Now, I will say, you listen to it now. It, it, it it's dated in the sense that I think it really does fit a certain sound in a certain era. But there are a lot of Pearl Jam songs that I think you can make the argument kind of do the same thing. So, what's unique about this song is that when I first heard it. It was actually as an instrumental on Lost Dogs. Right, yeah. Then it was released subsequently and shortly thereafter with lyrics. And I remember thinking when I first heard the song instrumentally, similar to Van Halen's Eruption, just like you could play that just as an instrumental. You condense it, let Mike just kind of go nuts on it a little bit more. It would be killer. I would have been fine with that just as an instrumental. Uh, the, The fact that they... They, they don't, you know, they brought it back in 09 for a bit during those Spectrum shows. And it has, again, much like uh, Hard to Imagine, been periodically sprinkled here and there. I think it's a really, really solid track. It's it's a wonderful sister song in a lot of ways to Dissident when you look at it lyrically. Uh, this idea of, of, of a flag as a bandage, which one of the great lines, I think, in, in the Pearl Jam catalog. Use a flag as a bandage, stick them up, show us your pocket hypocrisy. I mean, it's just... It's, <laughs> it's, there's so much happening in this song. Um, and, and again, verse two here, right? Or, well, technically, it's the opening verse, but uh, hand over my face, I'm related to my enemy. My house on fire and my big brother come put the blame on me. I always felt Dissident had a Civil War vibe to it. I don't know why. Like, oh. yeah, a lot of people, when I first heard it, that was kind of the sense that I got. But I think it works well as kind of like a McCarthy era, you know, f- f- 50s, just mm-hmm. flying in the face of... of um, of the political dissenters, things like that. There's just so much interesting social commentary happening with songs like these. And I think they, they kind of fit in a similar bucket, quite honestly. So if, if we do a playlist mm-hmm. that kind of talks a little bit about, uh, you know, songs that that, that are, are critical of, of uh, uh, our nation's policies, you know, I, I think something like oh, this man. could fit in. How much time or, or, double LP? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but this one in particular, I thought, works really, really well. It is a, just, a, just a stellar, just classic power chord driven rock riff, you know. Um, big fan of this one. So this is one that I've never heard played live before. The If you get your hands on um, not the re-release version with lyrics, but rather the one that has uh, that, 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 that came off the, the 10 recording sessions, more of a demo of the song, that is the preferred one because you get that that vintage Eddie, early 90s Eddie. And I think that's the voice that fits this track best. Does that mean I don't want to hear it live played anymore? No. What I like about this song, and the reason I I chose it for this particular playlist, is because I have heard this song played as an instrumental. You have? When? Well, yeah, Lost Dogs. It was released as an instrumental. So the, 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 the fact that I've heard it in these two different variations, these different iterations, makes me feel like they could they could really have fun with this thing when played live. So I would welcome this song played 
even without lyrics, if need be. So I, I think there's there's a lot of opportunity with the song like Brother. I also think that uh, if, if there was a song to bring somebody in to kind of work with Eddie lyrically, almost like a duet, kind of a hun hunger strike-esque mm. duet, I think Brother would fit well. Uh, would love to see Brandy Carlisle on the song with Eddie. Oh, I don't know. Just one of those songs that I, I think should be unearthed and kind of added back into circulation and just have some fun with that one. Brother's a fun one. There, there was a minute there where there was a version of it with early 90s ed vocals but you had to yeah, like that's the one i'm talking it's yeah, the demo like, version yeah you had to dig and find it like it wasn't readily you available you remember when nirvana's greatest hits came out and they they had that one track that was never released and oh, yeah, you yeah. listen to that track and it's like man that song is vintage nirvana uh -huh. you know what i mean it just kind of brought you back to a place to me when i first heard brother it was like to hear a song from the early 90s that i'd never heard before it, I, it was like a time capsule. Yeah. So I think it it, uh, it it deserves a little bit more sun than it gets these days. I, I hear you on that one. It's a, it's a great, great track. I will go next with WMA. Solid choice. I, I can't believe it's only been played 17 times. And that's yeah, incredible considering that that includes the rearranged versions of 2008. Mm -hmm. 17 times including that. There are few songs as poignant and relevant as this one for 2022. Hell, I mean, it's really been in the spotlight since Black Lives Matter movement started and George Floyd more specifically. We did a mini podcast about this song back around that time in May of 2020. Go back and listen to that. It's a shorty. It's just about that song. Uh, I really think this is a track that could either be brought back to its original arrangement or redone again. I can already feel the Ed growl and pointed emphasis coming back if they were to do this one again. Do no wrong, so clean cut, dirties his hands, it comes right off. I mean, yep. the number of stories this relates to just in the past few years alone is... Yeah, and you and I had this discussion when we talked about the tour and you know what we thought we might have heard and didn't get the chance to hear, and we both agreed with everything that was happening around uh, the politics of our time that, you know, that was a song that probably was just ripe for, for a comeback. Yeah, I mean, everyone always gets really excited when he even just tags it in daughter over the last mm -hmm. 30, 25 years or so since it's been a thing. Everyone loves the lyrics. They sing along. I think in 08 when they had the, um, the rearranged acoustic starting version that I think started at Bonnaroo and a few yeah, times that after was that. Yeah, in 08, I think they started yeah. bringing this up. I mean, that was Which cool. I loved. Yeah, it was very cool. I actually threw on randomly an 08 bootleg from Columbia, South Carolina, 2008. Mm -hmm. I just picked a random and that one. I chose that one and they played it. And I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot this is one of those eight shows they played or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. But they played it. And um, there's something to it and it, it, it's going to hit a lot different now since all this shit has happened over the last few years. Mm -hmm. So I, I welcome them to bring it back in full force like it's, a, like it's a regular. I think they need to. Completely on board with that, my friend. Where are you going? What do you got next? I'm going Nothing Man next. Okay, there it is. Uh, it, look, it, it's no secret that Nothing Man and Black are probably my two favorite songs in the catalog. The difference, though. The difference is that Black <laughs> has been played, has been played a, uh, 700 times, maybe? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull it up here. 581 times. Sweet Jesus. 
That's that. I mean, that that's an astounding number of times to play a song. I mean, you you assumed it was well over seven hundred, and rightfully so. And it should continue to be played another <laughs> five hundred times. That said, though, nothing, man. We're we're, we're under one hundred forty times, right? One hundred thirty-eight or something like that. So, it's 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 a song that I would love to hear with some strings behind it. It's a song mm. that I think you you there, there's so many. They're expanding their sound. They're adding keys. They're, they're they're doing all kinds of interesting things in the in the studio, and I think that they're trying to accommodate those sounds a little bit more when on tour. So I'm hopeful that Nothing Man is going to get uh, a retreatment, if you will. Uh, I think we can go beyond just you know let's pick up an acoustic guitar and let's just kind of play as a band behind it. I think we can do a lot more than that. I'd love to get that lovely warm analog sound that we get to this song. I did, it's funny enough. This is one of those tracks that. For whatever reason, they unplug it every time they play it. Can we just stay plugged in and stay clean, right? We don't need the the distortion. There, I, I, for, I don't know what the resistance is to wanting to play know. it that way. I don't know. Well, yeah. And for a while, Stone went to his um, what are they called? Resonator guitars. And that mm-hmm. was a little different, a little more organic sounding. I don't know if I like that. And then he he often goes now with the acoustic. I agree. I don't prefer that. I think there there is something to be said for the uh, like a, like a, a nice hollow body electric with the with the yeah. with the tremolo bar and just like that to get that little um, seasick motion thing going on. They did play it the night before you went to Ohana, by the way. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly. So, but was it played with an acoustic? I believe it was. I have to go yeah. back. And so, I mean, go, go figure. I miss it when they when, when they play it. Yeah, as, as yeah. is the case. You know, it's just the, it, was, it was a hunger strike during the Gibson shows in in '09. And there was nothing <laughs> man for Ohana. Four shows. The ones that Paul doesn't go to are the ones that he <laughs> well he misses out on. At least, you know what? But, at least we agree on nothing man being being to be played. Yeah, well. yeah, we do. Indeed. Uh, I will dive back in with my second to last pick here. Uh, I'm going back to Vitalogy again. Mm-hmm. Tremor Christ. Oh God, I had a hard time with that one. I, I so wanted to add that in. It's not for me, but I really wanted to. It's an honorable mention if there if, if I could add one. I great well, call we, by the way. When we get to honorable mentions, I'll, I'll kind of explain why my five is what it is. So eighty-two times, eighty-two. Not a lot. Not a lot. Um, another song featuring the devil. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think Ed's voice would hold up well with this track. Yeah, I agree. The the main guitar riff for a long time when I was younger kind of irked me. It's it's dissonance was unsettling and I couldn't tell if I liked it or not. It was very strange. And fast forward, and I love this track. The themes are about making small mistakes, yielding big consequences, especially around and within love and relationships. Temptations can ruin the best things you've already got. Oh man, it, it, incredible. The music does such a great job of conveying the seasickness embodied by the words too. This is probably why I had a hard time with it a long time ago. I do have to take Dramamine when I go on boats. So it makes a lot of sense that I would find this song seasickening. But after you come to kind of learn and appreciate the motifs, the themes, the lyrics, and and, and wrap that in with how the music was produced and, and, and thought of, um, Every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this song. Because you kind of forget about it because it isn't played a whole lot. Like I said, 82 times. But damn it, it is a really, really good one. Solid choice. All right. So this is your last one. This is your last year five. What do you got here? I'm going with Hold On. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it's uh, yet again, one of those kind of B-side 
cutting room floor tracks that when I first heard it, thought to myself, man, this is just a cool, cool song. And uh, especially love the, the way that the uh, Mike's, I think it's Mike's guitar comes in on the, mm-hmm. on the chorus. Yep. You know, it's got that wailing, just kind of harmonization with the vocals. It, it's such a fantastic song. And for the life of me, I don't understand, much like with Alone, why they looked at the song and said, yeah, this one doesn't fit. <laughs> they could have released a little EP with some of these songs. And I think it would be yeah. equally as revered today as a lot of the other stuff has. I mean, Alice in Chains had that great Jar of Flies EP. I would have loved to see Pearl Jam or Dirt as well, right? It was another one. Um, well, they, had, they, had, they were going to, they did Dirt. And while they were waiting to do it, they Sap, produced thank you. Sap. Sap. Yeah. And then it, it did so well, Sap did so well, that that's, they decided to do Jar of Flies, which is basically an extension of that. Right. And was, that's one of my favorite Alice in Chains yeah. albums. Now, granted, they, they, did, they kind of unplugged a lot for that stuff. But I thought that it would be great for Pearl Jam at the time to have said, you know what, Let, let's just kind of take some of this extra music and just kind of dump it out there. You know, we did it for Merkin Ball. Let's just do something similar here. <laughs> and it would have just smashed, man. It would have smashed. And this is one of those songs that I've always adored. I don't think I've ever, I, I don't believe I've heard this live. I'd have to go back to my- uh, Only five times, Paul. So I know, not, not I know. Uh, no, the odds are not in my favor, my friend. No, no, they're not. But I will say that when, when you, when you again, just a great kind of uh, dissonant storyline, much like with Alone and Hard to Imagine and Brother as well. But uh, what I love about this song is uh, just that cool Western vibe, right? I was drawn <laughs> riding atop a black horse, whatever prize there was, I could only observe. Where the trouble starts, where does it end? How can I be cured? How before it ends? Uh, I know life would be different if I held on. It's 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 such <laughs> a wonderful, reflective song. I think uh, lyrically, musically, very strong output. It's a song that I think deserves a lot more love than it gets. Absolutely. Um, I, I could not agree more with you. And... I will say that for many of these tracks, I kind of had an inkling that you might choose them. So I thought to myself, well, we'll give them a mention anyways. So I might as well just go to one of my tiebreaker songs. That's why I did not include Hold On on mine. Can I, can I take a gander? There's a song you haven't mentioned that I, I was convinced you were going to say. What is it? Whipping. No. Ah, okay. No, Whipping has been played a decent amount. Um, I mean, never enough because the song's amazing. It's been, it's, <laughs> whipping's been played 180 times, so not a lot, but it, it's it would have been more than anything else on my list here. I instead opted for a track that you've already mentioned, and that's Alone. Okay, solid. One of my favorite pieces of music the band has ever done, and from the way the guitars play off each other and how Ed follows Jeff's bass in places, or maybe it's the reverse. I love the bridge breakdown and Ed's lines there growing in angst before the solo, which of course is a banger. This is another one about overcoming a traumatic relationship. The subject is cheated on again, not the first time. So now they have to pick themselves up and find strength to go it alone. And they do. I love the whole psyching themselves up line except that's repeated a lot that uh, I can help myself. Don't talk to me. Love that. I love that. It's like a mantra, a really good mantra. Another fine example of Ed painting a picture, and you've mentioned that a few times in your list too, Ed yeah. painting pictures. He's still great at this, but there was something magical about some of the songs at this time. 
You absolutely felt like you were in his world and seeing it all in color. Even Flo did it. Footsteps did it. Jeremy did it. Mm-hmm. This song did it. You mentioned a couple more. And the reason this is, for me, number one, I did rank these for me. It's because, after all, that. It, it's only been played 47 times. Nuts. Not nearly enough for such a great song. So I've got Alone as my last one there. Um, when we talk about honorable mentions and some of the tracks that you mentioned that I didn't, Brother and Hold On and Hard to Imagine, how those aren't on my list, I, I won't I won't be able to know. I just really wanted to make sure I mentioned Tremor Christ, WMA, and Satan's Bed because I feel like they wouldn't have gotten mentioned. Those but, are solid choices. Man. Can, can you imagine, though, if somebody handed you an EP and said, hey, you ever heard of this band Pearl Jam? No. What are they all about? And guy hands you the EP. It's got Brother, Hold On, Hard to Imagine, Alone, and I don't know maybe footsteps or something right you just you get this and you're thinking and like holy shit that's this, this these guys absolutely phenomenal Monsters. I mean, I mean, like literally in your head you're thinking are there like five or six more songs i could just tack on to this thing it's gonna win <laughs> grammys it's just gonna, it's gonna. and to think that that right there was the cutting room floor stuff at that time I mean, you know, when they say this was the golden era of Pearl Jam's music, that's, I think, a large part of the reason And, why. you know, we were on... The stuff they discarded was vastly <laughs> I know. superior listen, to most of the listen. output of all the other bands at the time. We, we were on, um, depending, on, depending on when you listen to this episode, you may have already gotten a chance to listen to what I'm about to mention. We were invited on the State of America Black Crows podcast recently. Which was an absolute pleasure. Great conversation. It went on mm. longer than I even thought. I thought, I'll oh, be in for 30 minutes. It was like damn near an hour. And the guys asked us what our favorite album was. And I said, of course, this is a tricky question that everyone kind of discusses. But and I, we we poked fun at at the the hipster fans out there who, you know, say 10 is terrible and only listen to Riot Act, no code. And it's like, relax, guys. Listen, I'm not going to say what I think my favorite album is because honestly, right now, I don't even know what, what that would be. But I can tell you this. When we're talking about songs that were not included on these first three albums being among the top tier of their catalog, that's how we know these first three albums are that good. (laughs) With all deference and due respect to No Code and Beyond, and I love those albums, but come on. Yeah, I'm completely with you. Brothers not being left off any other albums. (laughs) (laughs) No, it would not. I mean, there's that. It's it's a spectacular era of music. I think for me, with honorable mentions, uh, I, I had WMA on there. It's one of my. It was my first favorite song on that album when I first heard it. Uh, it's so vintage, Dave. Though that I feel that oh, uh, there's just something about having the need to rework the song, which I approve of and, and, and strongly encourage the band continues to do. Just because every time they did it, I adored it. But I don't know. There, there. It's just. There's a part of me that can't hear that song without thinking of him. And I don't know what that means. I don't know if, that, if, if that's a good thing, if it's completely irrelevant and arbitrary. I mean, would you feel, do you feel the same thing about who you are when, when Matt plays who you are? Sometimes, very, very yeah. Jack I can't think of that song without Jack. Um, I, Tremor Christ, by far, definitely on my, my list of honorable mentions as well. And uh, believe it or not, and I didn't know this until I really looked into this. If, if I asked you which song was played more immortality or last exit. Oh who, yeah. Who, 
What do you think most people would pick? Most people would say immortality, but it's not oh, for sure. But it's it's like almost double is the amount of times that immortality that, is one sixty eight and uh, last exit two thirty five. Yeah, two thirty. Thank you. It's it's nuts how much more they more times they played. How many more times? How much is the wrong uh, wrong word there? So I would love to hear immortality played more. Quite yeah. frankly, I think yeah. it's uh, it, it's one of their the, the finest songs in the catalog. It, it's arguably a top ten song amongst the Pearl Jam fan base. I mean, I think it's. Do we think that um, that, that song may have had a lull in its playing? I'm sure it was played a bunch in '94, '95, and maybe it took a like a little dip. Because... It did actually. Um, let's, let's look at it real quick because I feel like that song has been played a decent amount in the last few years. Um, yeah, a lot in '95, '96, '98 ish. And then uh, 2016 times, 2003, 19 times. Actually, sorry, I'm mistaken. So pretty much since 2004, it's hovered between twice and six times a tour. So, they get played every night. <laughs> it actually I cannot isn't, imagine them yeah. playing that song and anybody in the, in, in the crowd saying, oh, really? This one? I mean, How many what? times have you seen that song? Do you know? Uh, I'd have to go to the... Uh, Go to the app to figure that out. The fact okay. that we keep referencing this app, got to plug these guys. PJ Stat Tracker. Yeah, PJ Stat Tracker. Jeff Black is, is a hell of a guy. He is a marvel of a dude. Um, Immortality. Let's see. I've seen it four times. Last time in Dana Point. But then also in Boston and Seattle. There you go. You got your and, fair uh, share of it. I, oh, I, we, we, just, we saw it together. I know. We saw it together in, in LA. Yeah. So it, it's it's one of those songs that I have a hard time kind of thinking about you know, what song do I want to hear when I go to a show? I mean, by without a question, I mean, Immortality is going to be on the list with songs like Nothing yeah. in Black. So it's, you know, but at the same time, it's not like it's been played 47 times, which is why I went and with some of these other choices. That, that's, the, uh, that's the waiting system, right? You know, we... Uh, we're talking about immortality here and you know, last decks. I didn't even mention wash 95 times. Love that yeah. song, but you have You're songs. A big fan like, of that one. I am hard to leave off the list, but then, you know, like I said, 41 times, hard to imagine Satan's bed, 38 times, trying to Christ, 82 WMA 17 alone, 47. These songs have just not been played. I, I will say this be. as well. You know, they did this whole thing where they were playing these albums from beginning to end. I really Lost wish. Dogs. Here we go. No, the whole show. The whole show. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm saying if you're going to do Vitology, don't leave out things like, you know, Bugs, and, and which they did play, obviously, at the Spectrum, but prior to, i.e. Davinita. And I actually have a cut of Foxy Mop, believe it or not. What? So, Where? Yeah, I, I, ah, I'll share that with you at, after the show. Okay. Right? What so, a tease. <laughs> that might have to be a lyric of the week. <laughs> What's your favorite version, Paul? The only one ever played. Um, <laughs> and I have it. But, that'll, be, that'll be the encore episode of the show when we when we go off into the sunset. Yes, exactly. Like after we're ever fortunate enough to interview the band, they're like, how could these guys possibly top this? They're going to talk the live version of Foxy Mop? No kidding. Yep. There you go. We'll either have everybody listening or everybody saying, good Lord, what good a night. deflating ending. <laughs> That's the most anticlimactic. <laughs> uh, look, I really firmly believe that that album... The, the, that stuff's not filler to me. So I would, if, you, if, if I'm going to hear that, if I'm going to experience Vitology, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, when they played all these songs all the way through, they did Moline, they did No Code, right? They did all these albums. Yep. I, I, Vitology didn't get this proper treatment. Nope. So 
10 versus no code. That's it. Those are the yeah, three I don't think we even got binaural and Rida. We didn't get those guys. No, no so. we didn't, didn't get yield. No, which is shocking to me. I would have thought yield, if yeah. anything, would have definitely, you know. So who knows? Maybe this next tour, they'll, 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 maybe this is a new thing for them that they'll, they'll play around with, but we shall see. Maybe they'll bring what Jack out to sing uh, Red Dot. Good listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's then get to our lyric of the week. This week's lyric of the week, it was one of your song choices, my friend. Indeed. It comes off of uh, the verses Sessions and Lost Dogs. It's Hold On. Paul, hold on. You're waxing poetic. Care to continue? The, the, the first three lines are just gold. Just gold. I love this. Gave lines, her man. life away. Put it in my pocket when it should have been framed. <laughs> it, it, if that doesn't speak volumes about a relationship, that, that sums up not just the overall big picture, but the subtext and nuance of what's happening in this relationship at the same time. This idea that through reflection, somebody realizes this is something that I should have revered this relationship. I should have met this person at a, in a place where I could commit love and dedication in a way that, that, that I could, I could transfer these feelings so as not to lose that individual. And then you have another person who just like throws life away because there's a great question of worth and of value. This idea of putting it in the pocket though, Mm-hmm. Right, you put something in your pocket. In, in essence, you're saying it deserves to be kept. It deserves to be to be guarded. But it's hidden. But we stick things in the pocket all the time, and, mm-hmm. and it almost as an act of negligence. Right? Mm-hmm. What what do we typically lose? The things we stick in our pockets, our keys, our wallet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, there's so much happening in those three. <laughs> that those three lines are a Shakespearean play in and of themselves. <laughs> uh, they, they really are, man. Uh, there's Good a lot. Bill happening. Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, I lost it, shine. Got to get out of this, out of my head, out of my bed. How could it end? And like this, how could it end? Just the, 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 the realization and the trauma that comes from the finality of it, I think is so profound. It's such just a, a wonderful and impassioned, authentic set of lyrics that if, if I were to write music to this, and you like, let's say you said, Hey, I got some lyrics, put some music to this. And that's what you sent me. Oh boy, the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at this thinking, man, you, you brought it to a 10 with this. I mean, there, there, there's something happening here that's so elevated that musically it's going to require something that really, really speaks and soars at the same time, but it, it yet is also grounded 
in a level of harmony and dare I say dissonance because there's some, some ambiguity with these lyrics as well. So to have to write music to complement this would have been to me anyway, would have been just a bear of a project and somehow they pulled it off. I wonder what came first. I know as do I, as do I. One of the questions we'll ask the guys when they come on the show. Um, (laughs) For me, let's see here. What do we got? Well, another stanza and song really that speaks of regret fucking up right yeah fucking fucking love up and having to consider your pair this with nothing man exactly um how do, how, how do you go on right how do you find the strength to overcome such a mistake life and relationships can be difficult trying perhaps even like you're going to get bucked off that horse but if that horse is in itself a great thing and or it's leading you to something great you must hold on. And in this stanza, specifically talking about having a girl and taking her for granted, that putting her in that pocket line, oh, so good. I still, that's just so good. I, I know that one, man. I know that line. I, I did that once in my younger years and it took a long time to get over it. Um, that person is happy now and I'm happy for her. I, I love my life, but um, before I found my wife and my family, there were ebbs and flows in my single days, um, times when I was in really dark places, and I and I let that regret kind of take me by the ears and drive me deeper into the abyss. Not fun. Um, it's really rough, and I kept on asking myself questions like, you know, how could it end like this? I know this song all too well, but luckily I'm at a point where this song simply represents the past. It's not something I'm wrestling with anymore. If you're out there, I would say, and it's still applicable to you, I'm sorry. I I hope you find some peace and you can put a coda on the version of this song of your life because it's not something you want to be a part of. Um, but at least there's beautiful lyrics and music here to kind of help you feel listened to by being played at, which is what they yeah. did really, really, really well at this time. Well said, by the way. Listen to by being played at. Yes. yes. I like that. Let's move on then to our live cut of the week. Ready to stand up! Okay, live cut. Hold on. What the hell are you doing? This is a discussion, friend. Okay. This is a discussion. It's a brief one. But if you go to Pearl Jam's website, and you start fiddling around with some of their output and you go to Lost Dogs and you say, oh, like how many times have they played Hold On? And you, you click Hold On. You're going to see that this song has been played a lot more times than I think it actually has because uh, it lists on Pearl Jam's f- official, by the way, mind you, website. First time played was Monday, April 11th, 1994 in Boston. Then during the binaural tour, the website claims that this song was played one, two, three, four five, six times. Okay. Now I have two of these bootlegs. I have the Paris, France bootleg from, from uh, June 8th, 2000 and the Oslo, Norway one. And I don't see the song, hold on list anywhere in the track list, which leads me to believe it's a tag, right? Sure enough, Oslo daughter is played. Okay. Here's the deal. I'm not convinced that uh, there's a clear understanding of what hold on is. And I'm wondering if there's a cover or some type of other other track that's being referenced when they when they're referencing this. This the, the level of oversight cannot be this egregious. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, well, look, I, I look, I, look. 
you and I will always be the first to say, if you want to find out how many times a song has been played, go to PGA Stat Track. Okay. Go to Pearl Jam or, Stat Tracker. Or, or livefootsteps.org. Livefootsteps.org. Both those gentlemen okay. are fantastic. So absolutely. Okay. So th- these are th- these are impassioned fan fans who who take this stuff seriously. And mm-hmm. in no way is this an indictment of the Pearl Jam web designers or the Pearl Jam folks who who work for the site. However, I want to know what it is that they're referencing here when, when, when they're saying that it was played this many times during the binaural tour. Uh, here's what I do know. Finding a live version of the song as I know it and understand it is challenging, okay? Because uh, we didn't really discover this song until much later in the Pearl Jam catalog. Right. So the version that I chose was October 30th, 2009 at the Philly Spectrum, an iconic box set where they uh, they closed down an iconic venue and uh, they had went into this with the intention of playing everything that they had ever done before so i think there was a, a conscientious approach to to, to to trying to do justice to every song and not just kind of phone it in so i think that, that this is uh just an outstanding it's also the, arguably the first time they've ever technically played the song maybe maybe not i don't know uh, so i'm gonna go with october 30th 2009 <laughs>
Rip also, you know, we mentioned it's maybe the first time it was really played uh, of the of the five that uh, both our fabulous friends, Dave and Jeff, uh, say that it has been played. Um, I think that uh, Matt on this version is tremendous. He is all over the kit, um, mm. which I think, you know, if it was the first time he ever played it, kudos to him for digging into something that had Dave written all over it from those days. I think that's fantastic, especially for the first time he's ever playing it. I think Ed was very strong here. Um, he didn't sound like he had trouble with any part of the song, especially considering it was 20 some odd years after it was written. So uh, no missed notes from my perspective. I think, you know, when you take it into the context of those four nights in Philly, um, trying to pull these little, um, these little gems out, um, unearthing these things that you hadn't, played ever if not just a couple of times it takes some huevos to pull it off and uh it came out really great thanks i will say there's some interesting context behind the other choices as well if you like march 24 2008 that was Lollapalooza, brazil i would mm. love to hear from our black circle friends oh yes what do you think was the compelling reason right? behind that one right uh you know berlin june 26 2014 Talk about just out of nowhere, right? July 19th, 2003 at Wrigley. A lot of really cool context there as well. So uh, there's oh, some yeah, interesting yeah. versions of this song. Um, you know, I personally like this particular version, but there's a strong argument for the other ones that I just mentioned as well. Tell us what you think, guys. Uh, only five, so you can listen to them all in a row and be done in <laughs> half an hour. Let us know what you think. And uh, we will discuss with you online as we always do. That's it, Paul. We did it. We did it. I'm going to go listen to uh, Oslo. Now, <laughs> you're going to tell us what the hell yeah. that was. But by the way, the Spectrum was the name of that venue. No kidding. In Oslo. Go figure. All right. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, thank you for listening once again. Uh, please remember to subscribe to the channel wherever you listen to your podcast. Rate and review as well. Social media. Follow us there and continue the conversation. And until next week, you have been listening to The State of Love and Trust. Yeah.